This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Chris and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a little bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. And then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of people who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues, fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination politics, organisations or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you're an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving sets in and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who's just joined us, you are listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who is going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. G'day, would you uh, like to introduce yourself? Uh, Yeah, hey, I'm Harry. Uh, I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Harry. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, Harry, how long have you been sober? 
Uh, two years. Fantastic. That's awesome, mate. And um, what about, t- tell us, uh, how old are you, mate? What, what do you do for a living? I'm 31, uh, currently building. Nice. Uh, you got a partner? I do, yeah. Yeah, I have a partner at the moment. We've just kind of slowly moving in together and, and and building a relationship together, which is going quite pretty well so far. Great work. Hey, um, so tell me a little bit about what was life for you growing up like? What was your your family background sort of? Um, so life growing up took me took me quite a while. Took me quite a while to grow up. Family, I, I had a lot of love, um, and family family was looking back. Family was good um, at the time, especially when I was younger. I, I I thought my life was pretty well, pretty good. Looking back, there was was a lot of disconnection um, in between certain family members and and sides of the family and stuff like that. So so it wasn't, I would say, one big happy family, but there was a lot of happy people in the family. Yeah, great. And yeah. so you had brothers and sisters? I had one older sister who was, uh, she was a tough older sister. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, I had her and then kind of heading into my teens, my, my father had um, three more kids. So I've got two younger sisters and one younger brother. Great. So as things sort of uh, um, move through our lives, obviously we get introduced to uh, uh, the drink. Yeah, tell us about the first time you picked up a drink. I mean, how old were you? What was it like? So I was I was 14. I was, I was a fairly insecure little kid. And um, I was into my sports, but kind of going to an all-boys school and trying to figure out my place, my place in the world. And um, my first drink was at a friend's house and we stole uh, the the parents' red wine. We started drinking that <laughs> and um, had, a, had a great time. Uh, all of a sudden all my worries were gone and felt extremely good and I can remember thinking, well, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah, well, I was going to ask, you know, I mean, in those early stages, what did it kind of do for you? Well, yeah, growing Growing up, I was I was quite, especially going to high school. I was very insecure because you, you know you go to an all boys school, going from being kind of the oldest at your intermediate and and going to being the youngest, the small, not the smallest, but mm. small. And there's all these big guys, and I can remember just thinking, feeling really little and and quite insecure, and and, and I wouldn't say lost, but kind of trying to. I think as any any young kids doing at high school and. I can remember drinking, and as soon as I drank, it kind of was, seemed like the answer to all of that. You know, all of a sudden, I was big, I wasn't insecure, um, I was confident, and and I'd do anything I wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Over time, obviously, things must have started to change. Um, what for you sort of gave you the first inkling that maybe drinking was uh, causing problems? Well, I think pretty much from the start, it was causing problems but I looked at all the other problems and and everyone else was kind of doing it so I I didn't really think I had a problem in my younger years looking back I kind of did what everyone else did but what everybody else did so Mm. you know you'd have one person that'd get aggressive one person that would do that one and I'd look at them and say they did it they do that but I'll do it I'll do it all (laughs) I was uh but it wasn't until I started getting in trouble with the law mm. that that's when I had to look at it and go, yeah, it's, 
yeah, so it started taking you into a path where you're crossing paths in that sort of way. Um, how did that influence other things like, you know, your friends, your family? Well, I think it definitely put worry and probably a little bit of disappointment into my family. Mm. Uh, friends, they, I was pretty lucky to have a good group of friends. They kind of accepted me and some, some were doing the same thing. Some were fighting. They all, they all loved the booze and I never really did anything too bad to them. So mm. to them, I was always kind of a good time yep. and, and a story for the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. But look, like you said, I mean, uh, you did start to take a look at it with, uh, you, you know, things like the law. So, you know, we, we, what happened, mate? How did it develop? So it, it ended up every – I was been drinking every weekend and every weekend something was happening, you know, every and, – and during the week sober, I wasn't I wasn't a bad guy, you mm. know. I, I, I was – semi-respectful for a, for a, you know, teenager. Um, I, I was good to my family, good to my friends. I just worked, trained, but it, it was in the weekend and it's like I'll just turn into someone that I wasn't. Mm. I had no control over, over who I was going to end up being that night. And I'd wake up every Sunday just feeling horrible, full of anxiety. Uh, what, what, have I, what have I done? And there was always, there was always something. I'd always done something: assaults, um, abusing people, and, and you name it. You know. I'd yeah. Well, that's the other side of it, isn't it? I mean, it's that kind of mental and emotional state, that turmoil that it puts you into as well, eh? That's right. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So um, uh, things obviously got to a point where, for you to be on the show, we uh, we talk about a rock bottom where things just got to a point where past a point of no return and you needed to make a change. What was that for you? So my, my, my rock bottom was quite obvious, well, for me anyway, and it took me to uh, prison. So mm. I ended up getting a two-and-a-half-year sentence for an assault. I'd had two previous assault charges, and this time I was in prison and I was, I was kind of smart enough to know that, okay, I've failed at life. I'm sitting in a jail cell somewhere I don't want to be. I don't belong here, you mm, know. Mm. I, I wouldn't at the time. I I didn't fit in, and I thought I I need to change something. I, there's something's going wrong here. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So um, you, you made that decision then. How did you actually find your way to your first AA meeting? So it was funny because. I mean, when I was in prison, I knew I needed to change something, but mm. I didn't really know what. Uh, and when I was in prison, I was doing a six-month drug and alcohol course, and even in there, I was still going to drink. There was no, there was no instruction in that course to stop drinking. It was all around how I would manage when mm. I am in a drinking situation and my emotions and all all good stuff, but not what I needed. And it wasn't until. We went to an AA meeting that was in prison to support another member on our group who asked he needed help mm. to going to these meetings, you know, and wanted some friends to accompany him. And yeah, we all sat in the AA meeting and kind of made a joke of it. Yeah, I was there in the meeting and, and people from the community would come in to mm-hmm. the meetings and I was listening to them and I related to them. So we, we were making jokes and... And and these people were sharing, and 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 they're obviously guys with a bit of sobriety, mm. so so they understand. Mm. They understand early sobriety, and and I can remember, you know, but all of them that would share. There would be two, two that would come in, and I can remember thinking, "Holy shit, that's what I do." 
Yeah. Something, uh, so the penny dropped for you. Yeah, the penny dropped, and I was like, mm, this is interesting. This is the first person that I really actually relate to, you know, when, when talking about my problems mm. and, and talking about, you know, how I act and stuff like that. So that's sort of when I started to think about think about it. Wow. Mm. Okay, so obviously uh, eventually you came out of prison, and what happened from there? So when I came out of prison, uh, I, I wasn't drinking or doing any drugs of any sort. Um, I'll go back to when I was in prison that in the AA meeting, that was the first time I thought, shit, I'm just not going to drink. Awesome. I thought, if I stop everything, that was the first place where I thought, if I stop everything, that'll stop the problem because there was never really any problems when I was sober. So mm. it seemed simple to me. And uh, so when I got out, I wasn't, I wasn't drinking and I thought that was problem solved. You know, I thought I didn't go to any more AA meetings. I actually completely, well, I can't actually remember. I'm pretty sure I just forgot about it. Mm. Just problem solved. I'm never going to drink anymore, never going to drug. And, you know, that went okay. Um, that went okay for a while. I think I was 22 mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Came out, broke up um, with, with um, one of my partners that I had. Quickly got into a new relationship that moved pretty fast, and I was still very much immature mentally to mm. to be in a relationship. I was sober, but I wasn't. I was still wasn't quite right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and that relationship, you know, it was good. Uh, it was bad, and it kind of wasn't until that started getting ugly. That's when I started to fall fall off track again because. Mm. Because at the time, every, everything was going good. Mm. You know, I think I think for for me, as an alcoholic, you know, when and or un, you know, untreated alcoholic, when when things were going good, I was fine. Mm. But it's not until I started to go off track. I had no no defence, no nothing to kind of kind of stop me. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened from there? So from there, I, I started uh, I started doing doing just drugs like. Um, pharmaceuticals and 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 party drugs like MDMA and stuff mm. like that. So I've kind of on and off with the with the with the drugs. Nothing nothing too hard. And it wasn't until one night I was somewhere where I couldn't couldn't get get drugs and um all the all the guys that I was with were going out and I thought, why not? I'm I'm in Rotorua. I'll just drink tonight. Mm. And then when I go back to Christchurch, I'll stop drinking again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Easy as that. And uh, how did that go for you? Um, so it was crazy because I, I I'd thought of this massive plan while I was in Rotorua. Like, okay, I was I was fit at the time. I was I was boxing. I was right where I wanted to be from when I was in prison to what I thought I wanted to be when I was out of prison. Mm-hmm. I was there. So sorry, I'd stopped doing drugs for maybe six months or something. Mm-hmm. So I'd gone completely sober again on my own and. Um, yeah, so I thought of this massive defence. I'll just drink tonight and went out, had a great night and all that defence erased and I thought, that was awesome. I'm going to do it again next week. Wow. But I'm going to drink more so I have an even better night. Mm, mm, <laughs> and, um, mm. yeah, that's not how it went. And uh, from then for another year, I was drinking and drugging every weekend, stopped mm. boxing, started smoking cigarettes again and went straight back to square one. Right. 
Mm. Okay, so um, hey, look, you've got two years of really good sobriety now. So obviously, you uh, through this process found your way back in again. Yep. Um, and this time, when you came back, you know, what was it like? What was it like when you walked in? What were the people like? So, when I came back in, it was it was actually five years five years ago, um, and and I had a family member in, and he said I couldn't stop drinking, so I drank for another year and. He said, why don't you come and meet me at a meeting? And I hadn't caught up with him for a while, so I thought, okay, well, you know, I didn't want to go. Mm. And to be honest, was, I went there, but I wanted to stop drinking. And I went there and um, walked in, and it was a room full of people that don't drink, um, all sharing their emotions and, and their life and being, most of them being honest mm-hmm. and supportive and, and I went in and I was just like, wow, this is, I think this is where I need to be. Mm. You know, I, th- I was smart enough to know that if I wanted to stop drinking, being in a room full of people that don't drink might help me. Fantastic. So, yeah. Hey, so um, uh, it's great that you've got a couple of years up uh, now. And tell me, what do you do on a daily basis to stay sober? So on a daily basis to stay sober, I just, I try to be healthy, you know, with everything that I do, I, tr- I try to make it kind of uh, um, positive action. So getting up early, mm-hmm. you know, having breakfast, not run, try not to run late. Um, I go to the gym. Uh, I try to have good contact with my family, you know, try to have a good relationship, do the best I can. Mm. And I exercise and I have a job, you know, I work, I, I, tr- I, I try to keep, for me, I need a good routine. I need a, I need good direction. And, yep. um, and, and also I go to meetings. So I go to probably two to three meetings every week. And, um, and yeah, I think if I, I stay on that kind of track, you know, it stops me from wanting to go down the wrong one. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we talk about, uh, um, you know, the steps of the program. It's uh, AA is a 12-step program. Yep. And uh, the steps are what help uh, develop and build our, our our healthy sobriety, emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually. How are you going with that? Pretty good now. Pretty good. It's it's taken me a while. So like I say, I've, I've been in AA for this time for almost five years, I think, and um, didn't drink for that five years, completely sober for two years. Mm-hmm. And basically the two years is when I started using the steps mm, and, mm. and, and working with a sponsor. Well, I've had, I've had two and I still, I still have them in my life, both of them. And yeah, the steps for me is it's another part of a good direction. You know, it's another, it's another healthy, healthy um, activity that I do to, to, to kind of progress as a person. And, and they are guidelines and steps to help me deal with the mental side of things. You know, and 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 yeah, they've so far. I'm at step seven. Awesome. And uh, I've just recently done step five, and you know, it, it's. I mean, I guess it's different for everyone, but for me, it was it was quite um, refreshing to get that far, and and I feel really confident where I am at the steps. I haven't rushed them, obviously, yep. and um, yeah, I feel I feel quite good where I'm at with them. That's great. And look, you touched on a sponsor, yeah. Um, what is it for people who maybe are listening but aren't familiar? What does a sponsor do? So a sponsor, I mean, all sponsors are different. Um, what my sponsor does is he he's like a support person. He's someone who has, has walked before me, you know, mm. someone. 
for me, it had to be, it had to be someone I respected, you know, someone I can kind of relate to. And I mean, it's someone, I mean, my sponsors are both older than me. They've walked, they've walked the path before me and, and they help me whenever, you know, they give up their free time and they help me whenever I need help. I call them if I'm having issues, relationship mm. issues, life. And they, and they also run me through the steps because I've done the steps. So they also have a sponsor and they, and, and a friend, yeah. you know, for me, for me, they had to be a friend, you know, I had to like them and want to be around them and spend, you know, not care if they call me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, they're an important influence. Yeah. Hey, hey um, and look, we also talk about AA as being a spiritual program, not a religious program. What does yeah. that mean to you? What does spirituality mean to you? So spirituality to me is, is it, it's, I'm still kind of figuring it out, but to me it's, it's, it's belief, you know, it's believing in the positive, you know, believing in the good, um, believing in the right action and believing that if I do good, that good things will come to me, you know, positive, positivity attracts positivity because when I was, wasn't in the program and when I didn't have spiritual belief, I didn't, I didn't really, I thought everything was, wasn't good. Mm, you know, I thought mm. everything would turn out bad. I thought there was no point because the world's this. And mm. I thought if you're religious, you're that. And I, it, for me, spirituality's allowed me to be more open-minded and accepting. And um, it's allowed me to kind of connect more to myself as well and to a, a higher power. So. Awesome. And uh, um, Harry, what does life look like for you today compared to when you were drinking? So, or well, compared to when I was drinking, I'm a lot more, I'm a, I'm a lot more prouder of my life um, today. You know, I, I feel like I'm doing a lot more for, for my, for my personal relationship with mm. myself. Um, and obviously I give, give my time up to other, to other people, but it's, it's not to my own detriment if that works. And, um, and yes, yeah, so, and I, yeah, I try to keep a healthy balance. You know, I feel, I feel like before complete sobriety, I'd say, so the t- last two years, um, you know, my, my head was all over the show and I was overreactive mm. and, and kind of childish and, yeah, so so today I, I feel today I feel like a bit more of a grown up. You know? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Hey, uh, and look, last question, but uh, if somebody's listening and they're thinking they might have a problem, I mean, what what kind of questions would you suggest to them? What should they ask themselves? You know, just about uncovering maybe what the next step should be for them. So maybe ask yourself, you know, am I who I want to be? You know, mm. am I am I where I want to be? And kind of, am I, am I doing the things to get myself there? Because I always wanted to be an athlete and I didn't do things that led me in that direction. You know, I always wanted to be this and I never did. So, so if you're there, you know, I think start taking action, start trying things, you know, there's no, there's no harm in trying. You know, if, you, if you're not where you want to be, you may as well try things, and if you fail, you're only going to end up back where you are. So, so yeah, give it a go. 
and easy to check out an AA meeting or get in touch. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so 100%. So if, if, you, if you're feeling like you're an alcoholic, come to an AA meeting. You know, um, again, there's no there's no harm in trying and, and, and come and sit in there and, and give it a go. Don't go come once and go, this isn't for me, you know, mm. because you don't understand anything doing it once. Mm. You need to come a few times to sit there. It's only an hour. You can... Show up late if you want, sit there and leave early, <laughs> you know, but just, just, just get in the door and, and, and give it a go, yeah. Magic. Hey, uh, Harry, thanks so much for coming on the show and, and sharing your story. Cheers, Chris. Okay, for our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at uh, www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there is one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download and subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that is your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with the serenity prayer as we do with every AA meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.